Welcome to the Shep Nass Podcast, a podcast by Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Jesus. We're expecting great things. I'm Joey. I get to be a pastor here at Shepherd and somehow worked my way into getting to host this podcast. So I'm just here to tell you that miracles do happen. And today's episode is jam-packed. We've wrapped up our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And today I'm joined first by Rob Paul, leader, lead pastor of Shepherd Church, to talk about some of the things God has revealed to him through this season of prayer and fasting. And then on the back half of the podcast, we will talk with Rob McCorkle, author of Life and Death, The Power of Words. Happens right now here on the Shep Naz podcast. All right, Rob, thanks for being here. No, thank you. It's in the your Rob office podcast on a work day. Rob in the first part, Rob in the second part. Yeah, it's Just the Rob, different Robs. It's the Robcast. Yes, I like it. Um, I'm not in charge of branding here at Shepherd Church. Um, we <laughs> we just spent 21 days uh, yeah. here at Shepherd, prayer, fasting, seeking God together. Um, I'd like, you know, just briefly here, before we, we throw it out to Rob McCorkle, see if if you had, you know, what the experience was like for you as lead pastor here. Um, we've done fasting at Shepherd before. Uh, yeah. This was just a unique one, just a little yeah. bit different yep. prayer. So, is there anything that you'd kind of glean from the experience? Uh, it's been it's been an interesting experience. Every time we go through a time of prayer and fasting, it's always different. Um, and sometimes you get great revelation. Sometimes you you don't necessarily do it. It's about being disciplined and doing in for God what He asks you to do. For me, this time, I think it's been interesting um, for Monica and I. We have some really specific things we've been praying about. And mm. I, I've noticed over the years that when I start poking around places that the devil doesn't want you poking, he pushes back and fights back. And so I, for, for me, at least, I've definitely noticed an intense, an intense, an intensified um, pushback in the spiritual realm from the enemy. Yeah. Um, and so... To some degrees, it's it's a pain because he, you know, it's not always comfortable. But mm-hmm. on on another level, it is comfortable because I know I'm pushing where he doesn't want me to push, and that's where I want to be. Yeah, because uh, I I know that we're we're on the edge or on the verge of receiving some blessings from God in a way that He doesn't want us to do it. So it's been encouraging in that way. Um, we're still listening uh, to the Lord and what He's saying and what He has to say for us as a church. Um, and anxious to hear even from more people in you, if you would love to share with us some of the things that God has been saying to you and doing in your life over uh, this time of prayer and fasting, send us an email at uh, my email, Joey's email, or or podcast at Uh, shepnaz.org. That'll all get to us, and um, we can uh, share that with you, and we'd love to hear what God is saying to us collectively as a church as well. Yeah. I think one of the things that I struggle with sometimes in prayer is, um, as as a pastor, I I often get lured, like lulled into this false sense that I sort of know what's happening and I know what's going on and I know how to do things because I'm sort of a you know sometimes I'm a professional Christian mm-hmm. um, and that's not always a good thing. Um, and I was I, along with the book that we read with uh, from Rob, I was reading a book um, that recently came out by Chris Hodges called Pray First. Um, uh, this really challenged me, um, when it comes to my prayers, not being bold enough and not, not depending on God enough. He says this, he says, uh, no wonder then that the devil likes weak prayers, um, ones that are passive 
and detached, distracted, and disengaged. But I'm even more convinced that we insult God with timid prayers and tepid faith. If our prayers are possible for us to fulfill, then they disrespect God because we don't really require His divine intervention or supernatural power. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Um, That's good. Yeah. It really, I mean, it challenged me. It sort of kind of smacked me in the face when I was reading it because I, 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 I pray the same prayers I always pray um, and don't always, I'm not always asking God to do the impossible mm-hmm. because I can't do it. Um, I see things of like, well, I can do that, so that's what I'm going to chase. Um, yeah. And so maybe if you're listening to this and you're thinking um, that there are impossible situations, then pray those prayers. Those are the kind of prayers that God honors. Oh, and there's those are the prayers where God gets the glory. Absolutely. And we pray prayers like, God, just be with so-and-so or be with me mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, well, he's already entered that. He's already with us anyway all yeah. the time. Yeah. But when we start praying for things that there's no way this could have been me or no way this could have been you doing it, it was God, mm-hmm. then he gets the credit for it. And those are the things that honor him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a convicting thing is that, it's uh, offensive to God to just ask him. Is, I don't, can't remember the exact wording yeah. of it, but you know we're offending him and we're just asking him little things and not yeah. really asking him to do what he can do. Like because he's omnipotent, he can do anything. Yeah, nothing's too big for him. And so we all have stuff in our life that we need to involve him in. We should start asking him for big stuff, mm-hmm. not just for the sake of that, but because he can do it and yep. he would be he would receive the glory for doing answering those prayers. All right, well, it feels like it's a good time that we should bring Rob uh, McCorkle into the conversation. The, so, the other Rob. Yeah, so don't the go anywhere. shorter Rob. I'm taller than this Rob. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, but we've got Rob McCorkle coming up. You won't want to miss that, so we'll be right back. If you haven't taken the step of baptism in your life yet, we want to invite you that on February 5th, you could take that step. Baptism is a moment in which you're able to say that Jesus has changed my heart on the inside, and I want to proclaim it to the world. If you'd like to sign up for baptism, you can do so by filling out the Connect card, letting us know that, or you can go to our website, and on the right-hand side under Contact Us, you can click the link that says, I want to be baptized. The pastor will reach out to you, and we will get that scheduled. Each month, our church gathers for an intentional time of prayer. Ignite happens on the first Tuesday of every month. We begin with expectant worship and then move into a time of prayer led by Pastor Rob. February 7th is the next Ignite from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Plus, we've got programming for your kids. We'll see you here at Shepherd on February 7th for Ignite. All right, welcome back. It's my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Rob McCorkle. Before he jumps in, uh, here's a little bit about Rob and his wife, Cindy. Rob and Cindy travel the country full-time for Becoming Love Ministries Association, speaking and imparting kingdom truths into pastors, leaders, and congregations across denominational lines. He's the author of several books, including Bridging the Great Divide and Elevate. Uh, Rob and Cindy, they have two married children, six grandchildren, and you may remember Rob, not only from the book that we just have been reading through the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, he also was the primary teacher through our 2022 Prayer Summit and the 2022 Fall Revival here at Shepherd Church. Without further ado, it's great to have Rob with us. Hey, Rob, thanks for being with us today, man. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. 
How are how are you guys doing? Doing so good, it's just yeah. not even fair. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> I just don't believe there's any neutral words. I believe every word that we speak has the capacity to impart life or to instill death. And um, I mean, that's a that's a strong statement, but the Bible, you know, supports that. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, I've been in training for almost six years. Using your words, tongue training, I call it. Yeah, I really have. Um, I, I'll, I'll uh, for me, I've been on a grumble fast. My grumble fast started. Uh, it'll be six years this coming March, and I believe that's the last chapter of the book that you uh, will be reading or have read. And um, and and here's just the gist of it. Uh, I was reading um, over six years ago. I was reading First Corinthians chapter ten, and in that chapter. Paul identifies four major sins that destroyed the Israelites. Um, it says they were actually laid low, dispersed, scattered, destroyed for four major sins. And, and then Paul in that same chapter says twice, these things are written for our instructions today. It's like, hey, what happened to them just didn't happen to them, but we need to pay attention because it's an instruction for us in this hour. And, and so I read the four major sins, right? Immorality. Well, absolutely. No big deal. I mean, well, mm -hmm. a big deal, but I understand that that's a huge one. Uh, mm -hmm. Second one, idolatry. Yes, absolutely. Idolatry is going to be a very destructive uh, uh, aspect in your life if, if you're into that. Um, number three, testing God, putting God to the test. Again, don't do that. And then the last one, are you ready for this? Grumbling. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. We grumble and complain about everything, man, to our barber, to our beautician. I mean, it's just, you know, the sports, weather, government, politics. Um, it doesn't matter. It just that's people just say, well, that's just a way of life, you know. But mm -hmm. I don't think it was the way of life for Jesus. In fact, John 6, 63 says every single word Jesus spoke, every single word Jesus spoke was sourced by the Spirit. Therefore, it produced life. And um, we're told to follow Jesus, you know, not, not someone down the street or some theologian. Or um, mm -hmm. We're told to follow Jesus, and, and Jesus is the pinnacle of holiness, Christlikeness. And I think that we can replicate him. Fact of the matter is he's in us, Colossians 1.27, enabling us to become yeah. what we can't become on our own. And, and I think one of the most practical ways that we can be like Jesus is in the words that we speak. And I was so overcome with conviction. I was like, wow, you know, and says don't grumble in, in Philippians 2. Um, and I found other places, you know, uh, I went on a, a journey through Proverbs, and it's just loaded with how we use our mouth. Um, all that to say, I was pastoring at the time, and so I went to my church, and um, I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a fast." And I know you're not supposed to talk about it or brag about it, and and I wasn't bragging about it, and nor was I trying to get the the applause of people on this. I just, but I just simply needed the accountability. I said, "I'm gonna fast," you know, not food, not coffee. I'm gonna fast complaining and grumbling. I don't want to try it for one month. And, and honestly, it was the most challenging fast I've ever done. 
I mean, you know, it's like, wow, because you'd be driving in traffic, right? And it's just like, how easy is it to say, that jerk pulled right in front of me and put his brakes on. <laughs> I mean, you guys yeah. don't do that, but. Um, no, you know, Joey does, not. but I don't. Yeah, oh, yeah. stop it. Yeah. I've ridden um, with him. I've heard him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Senior pastors don't do that, but like the staff mm-hmm. pastors, they do it all the time, right? Yeah. Well, I used to live in Florida, so <laughs> it's no such thing as defensive driving. <laughs> well, and I've driven in LA. I mean, I'm just telling you, but, but everything I grumbled about the condition of my garage, the way my grass looked, everything. And mm-hmm. um, it just, that was a way of life for me. But geez. Rob, when you, yeah. when you started that, was it something that happened all the time? Like, there's the Lord checking you like multiple times an hour? Um, you know, I, here, here's what I've learned over almost six years. When I first started it, yeah, it was a challenge. And I had people around me that would say, hey, are you grumbling? Are you complaining? And it was kind of cute and fun, but the Holy Spirit was very serious and he said to me, he says, I don't want you grumbling and I don't want you complaining. And what you've started, I want you to carry on for a lifetime. And, and wow. I realized that um, I was even speaking things over my life, negative, like negative statements, like I'll never be able to do that. Or I'm so dumb or that will never work out. Well, those are actually statements that um, I think is aligning with darkness and again, mm-hmm. I just don't see that coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Um, yeah. You know, the Bible says that as we believe that we speak, I want to speak my faith. I want to speak declarations. It's an interesting verse in, in Hebrews 10, 38 that says, the righteous live by faith. We are not of those who shrink back. The verb shrink back is taken from a verb that literally means to cease to declare our faith. And, and I want to be a person that speaks faith. I want to declare my faith. I want to mm-hmm. speak words that are faith-filled, not full of fear and negativity and, and, and complaining. And, and listen, I don't want to speak the rhetoric of the culture. I, I, I want to be an echo of heaven. And, and so it was a challenge yeah. for me six years ago. It's still a challenge for me. But now I've got a little bit of traction, you know, uh, under my feet. And I'm not saying it's easy. But I know in answer to your question, uh, Rob, I know in an instant, I mean, the Holy Spirit's in us. John mm-hmm. 16, 13, he, he, he's in us. The Spirit of truth guides us what into all truth, literally guides us. And so in an instant, he can guide us in our heart and say, hey, um, you've crossed the line from explaining to grumbling um, to uh, not just addressing a situation, but grumbling about the situation. And, and I know in a moment, and, and it's not like condemnation. It's just, it's, it's correction. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, Jesus, I want my mouth to speak forth life. And um, so I'm doing much better in six years. Yeah. I'm doing much better. And, mm-hmm. and I'm honest with people, you know, uh, I've cheated on this fast. Mm-hmm. No, but um this is the single greatest thing that has changed my life more than anything else. Wow. Is not was using my mouth to speak negative, poisonous, dead-filled things. Yeah. Was that the was that the catalyst for you to write the book? Yes. Yeah, it was. I was several years into it and I really felt like 
And I, I talked a little bit about this when I would go to churches, but but um, I didn't want to make a big deal about it. But but I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that it needs to become a big deal. Um, so so real quick, I, I don't know how much time we have, but but check this out. Um, when I was doing my study, uh, it, it's very interesting. Uh, we're going to be held accountable for every idle word we speak. Matthew 12, mm-hmm. verse 36. Okay. The, the yeah. Greek word for idle is a very interesting word. It, it, uh, it's derived from a word that means a, a barren seed, to release a seed that cannot produce life. It's, it's like a, a seed that can't germinate. It, it, like, it's dead. Um, and um, the Lord said, Rob, when you speak words that are careless, you're speaking dead words. And then the Lord took me to Matthew 12, where mm. um, Satan is called the, the, the God of Beelzebub. And Beelzebub is the god of flies and gnats. What are flies and gnats attracted to? Generally, something that's dead. You, you got a dead animal out in the road, and there's, you know, 5,000 flies around it because they're attracted to death. And the Lord told me, Rob, whenever you speak words that are uh, death, words that don't have life in them, they actually draw the demonic. And mm-hmm. I have seen and, and about this time when I was getting ready for my grumble fast, you know, we were pastoring. Cindy and I would talk about a situation at church. And and how many of you know that churches sometimes have situations? And um, so we were talking about a situation. Now, there's nothing wrong with discussing it, right? How we're going to pray and handle it. But it went from discussing to complaining. Yeah. They always say that, you know, it's just. And as soon as we did that, I felt like the atmosphere in our kitchen became real heavy and, and, and like depressive. And the Lord told me, Rob, that's what happens in the lobby of a lot of churches. People come into lobbies. How was your day? Well, this week was terrible. My boss said this and I'm stinking mad at my employer and I'm upset with what the president did. And all of that negativity, I think, draws the demonic to feed on the death that we're releasing out of our mouths. And, um, I I believe that we're going to be held accountable for that nonsense if we don't correct it. Mm-hmm. And and at least I feel that from what I can find in the scriptures. And so all, yeah. all that to say, the Lord said, no more speaking death, Rob. Um, speak life. Listen, listen to this. If, if praise inhabits the presence of God, what do you think negativity draws? Sure. Yeah. I, I remember reading that part in your book, and it was... It was very challenging to me that when we speak those words of, like you were talking about negative words, that it's really inviting the demonic into our situation or into our life. And that that's that's really stuck out to me. And I appreciate you sharing that again. That's really powerful. Rob, I got a question for you. Um, one of the things that we've been doing in this kind of 21 days as we've been talking about your book is we've had people give us some practical steps Um for like a specific chapter, when you've talked about this grumble fast, what are some practical steps people could take in their life to begin to have this grumble fast where they're not, they're going to be speaking life instead of death. They're not going to be grumbling about life. What, what would you say is like, how do you get started on that? Where do you, where do you kind of draw that? Yeah. I'll suggest a couple of things. This was just asked of me about uh, two weeks ago. Number one, um, guard, what you're listening to. Um, I think we need to be stewards of our ears. Jesus says, yeah. take care how you listen. You know, in, in Mark 4, um, 
he's he's in and Luke eight. Be careful, steward what you listen to, and um and so I think that if if someone if all they're getting a diet of is CNN and Fox News, um man, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I can't do it, and um, I have to be careful. Guard. I have to steward my ears, and so I, I listen to the word. I really do. Um, when I'm driving, I just, I just, uh, I, I have several apps that is just the word. I listen to the word. I mm-hmm. guard the word. Um, I think um, a, another practical step in 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 that for me is learning to be grateful, learning to speak praise, learning to be thankful. Um, and the best way for me to do that is to actually speak it out loud. Like mm-hmm. father, thank you. I, I just bless you for this day. I thank you Lord for my family. I declare my praises out loud. Um, I, I think that is absolutely huge. I, I think it is imperative, um, to, uh, uh, in correcting, you, you know, what we say, let me go back to the first one. It's pretty hard to say, I'm not going to. I'm not going to dwell on negative things. I'm not going to speak negative things. It's much easier to fill your mind with the word and the word actually washes your mind according to Ephesians mm. five. And, yeah. and I think that it can wash our minds of the rhetoric of our culture. And, yeah. and so guarding, guarding our ears, um, learning to praise. Um, and then probably the last thing is simply, um, Holy Spirit, you know, David said, set a guard over my mouth. And and man, we, we have the Holy Spirit, guys. We have the greatest teacher in the world inside us. And I just make it practical. Jesus, if I start to say something that is not in the Spirit, will you just gently correct me? Show me before mm-hmm. it comes out, you, you know? Um, good. And yeah. sometimes, you know, uh, he does. I've been in mid-sentence over the last six years where I just say, uh, I probably don't need to be saying this. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the idea that you shared. Um, it's kind of like the idea of fasting. Sometimes when we're fasting, we focus on what we can't have rather than what we're replacing that space with. And so instead of focusing on not saying negative things, it's focusing on saying the positive things and accentuating those things rather than what I don't want to do I'm t- I'm focusing on what I do want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trusting the book will really be a help to, you know, a lot of people. I'm I'm very blessed to have written it. Um I I felt like it needed to become something that that was uh I was living for a while before I ever wrote it. In fact, I didn't start this fast to write a book. I didn't. I I started fast because <laughs> I wanted help with what was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and um so uh, but then after I got started with it, I realized, man, this is a lot of people's struggle. It, it just is. I mean, you can be in a conversation with someone and the, and the conversation just starts to go south. Yeah. And um, man, there's enough to complain about in our culture. But um, I, I, again, I just don't see Jesus sitting around saying, man, I'm just so ticked off. I can't believe Samaria didn't even honor me. What? But, you know, <laughs> I, I just I don't see yeah. that. I, I, you know, and man, I want to be just like Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Cool. Um, before we wrap up our time with you, um, you know, you came and you did a prayer summit here in Revival, and we know you're traveling around a lot. 
Um, tell us what, how can we as a church uh, and listeners be praying for you and your wife, Cindy? What do you guys have coming up? Well, um, right now I'm actually working on um, a, a book. Uh, it's, it's my sixth workbook called Transforming a City. And it's an exposition of Acts chapter 19, specifically the two years that Paul was in um, Ephesus. And um, scholars believe that he not only launched Ephesus or the church in Ephesus, you know, what we in the book of Ephesians that, that he wrote yeah. later, but um, that Paul and other people that he was discipling actually started the seven churches that we read about in Revelation uh, two and three. So think mm-hmm. in two years, Paul comes to Asia Minor, a place overrun, a culture that was overrun with man, pagan worship, and and they were in the shadow of the great temple of, you know, uh, Artemis. In those two years, he starts eight churches. It's just remarkable. Um, yeah. And people are burning their cultic books and all this stuff. So so this workbook is an exposition of Acts chapter 19. It's, it's, it's more expositional than the other ones I've done. It's contextual. And, and so where I would love to have prayer would just be for wisdom and revelation on that, man. Ephesians 1.17. Yeah. I'm excited about this workbook. I think it's going to be a help to a lot of guys and gals who are in ministry and leaders because it's going to give them an understanding of a biblical revival that has the capacity to, to touch a city. And don't we want that? Don't we want yeah. the move of God to be bigger than just our church, but to reach our city? And and yeah. so this is uh this this workbook is all about that. And I just finished with lesson four. And and then at the end of February, we hit the road and uh, we'll be gone for six months. And and so um just you know what? Um honestly, my, my prayer would be what what um Paul's uh request was in Ephesians chapter six, that that I would have not just open doors, but I would have boldness to declare the gospel as it should be. Mm. And um, man, awesome. I'll just never shrink back. But the gospel, Paul said in you know Romans one sixteen, I'm not ashamed of this thing, man, because <laughs> it's power. Yeah. And yeah. guys, man, I've seen the power of of the gospel touch people, transform people, heal, deliver, set them free, and and that's the gospel that you and I have the privilege to propagate. And uh, so, yeah, to yep. just. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be doing that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Rob, is there anywhere that people can get your resources? Um, Do you have an email address that you'd like to share? Anything where people can get in contact with you? Yeah. Um, There's two websites, and um, one is uh, becominglovemistries.com, becominglovemistries.com, and there our schedule will eventually be posted. And, um, And then for resources, go to fireschoolministries.com, fireschoolministries.com. And there's all of my resources that they can get. A couple of books are actually on Amazon. Um, Life and Death is on Amazon as well. But um, there are uh, resources on fireschoolministries.com in that web store that aren't on um, uh, Amazon. So, yeah, Uh, like the other five workbooks that that I've done, uh, written. And um, yep, yep. Awesome. Well, hey, we'll we'll link those in the show notes. Rob, I was wondering if you would pray for us. Um, we'll, you know, we're going to keep praying for you. Um, we're thankful for your ministry here. Would you pray for Shepherd Church and God's people here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So, Father, this is a big deal, what comes out of our mouth. Um, Jesus says that our mouths speak what our hearts are full of. And, and so, Father, I pray for the people of Shepherd, uh, for all of us, myself included, that we will fill our hearts with the right stuff. That God will just stuff our hearts, the treasury of our hearts with your word. And um, God, when we're bumped and shaken and squeezed, that the only thing that'll come out of our mouths is, is really just a declaration of praise. Mm -hmm. um, I, God, that's a tall order in this hour. It is. But I believe we can be so filled with you that you're the only thing that comes out. And um, so make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Transform us, make us good, Father, from the inside out. And um, no condemnation in this, but I pray your Holy Spirit would, would just be like a guard for our mouths. That's and good. that all mm. of us, God, each day will, will allow you to source our speech. And we'll be able to say, as Jesus did, I spoke in the Spirit and my words were filled with life. I pray this, God, this will be a transformational year for all of us, God. In, in regards to how we use our mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Rob, for joining yeah. us today. We'll be in touch, I'm sure. Amen. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for the privilege. Thank you, Rob. To, uh, be here with you. So, Thanks for pouring into our church, man. We love you. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you. See ya. That's going to do it for this episode of the Shep Nass Podcast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe anywhere you get your audio. Don't miss an episode. We have episodes dropping every day. Stay connected through our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, you can find us on social media. You can use the app. Uh, you can find us at shepnaz.org. But for Rob, I'm Joey. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.